Well, good morning. Welcome to Church on the Hill. Isn't it good to worship the Lord? Amen. Isn't it good to worship the Lord? Amen. Man, it feels good. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship your holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. We'll worship your holy name. All right. Romans chapter 8. I'm Pastor Paul. That's my beautiful wife, Elizabeth, just up here. We're so glad you're here at Church on the Hill to worship with us. Now, we've got this Harvest Festival coming tonight. We've got a Hallapalooza coming tomorrow night. Tonight is for families, for everybody. Everybody can come. You know what? I encourage you, invite people to come. This is, this is things that people will come to. It's not a church service. It's come and let your kids play on these jumpy jumpies that we call it. I don't know what you call it. Blow-ups, whatever. Kind of get their sugar fix out. Amen? Wear them out so they'll go to sleep when they go home. Amen? And then we're going to feed you. We're going to share the gospel with you. You know, if you've got some friends that don't know the Lord, or you've got some friends that just want to come and fellowship with us, please. You remember the Toyota commercial, push them, pull them, drag them in. Get them in here. They need to hear. They need to visit with other Christians. We need, we need people. And people will come to something like this. They'll see it and they'll come. Invite them. It's up to you. We've advertised. We've, we've done everything we know to do. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Romans chapter 8. Open up your Bibles with me if you brought them. If you don't, open up your iPhones or your iPods or your droids or whatever your vice is. Get it to the Word. Get it to the Word. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Everybody say Romans chapter 8. All right. Are you all awake? All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to finally finish these four verses this morning. The end of a thing is better than the beginning. Amen. It's good to start, but it's better to finish. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. This is New King James. There is therefore what? Now no condemnation to those who are what? In Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law and sin of death. Did we not just sing that? Goodbye to sin. It has no power over us anymore. We're free. He, Jesus, has broke the bonds of prison for me of sin over my life. If sin's got a hold of you and you've got Jesus in your heart, you're allowing that to have control over you. It's not the Lord's fault. Mmm. Not trying to be in your face this morning, but sometimes the Word of God will say, Would you wake up? I have freed you of that. Now get free this morning. He has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to hit that a little bit harder this morning. Have you ever had something condemned? Now, you need to get a good look at this. He's condemned sin in the flesh. Get, get a visual if you can. Okay. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. All right. What we've been dealing with here over the last few weeks is liberty. Uh, Mr. Blake, if you'll start my PowerPoint for me. Thank you so much back there. Um, 
Do you remember the statement that we've been dealing with? I'm no good. The things that come out of our own mouth. I'm no good. I'm never going to amount to nothing. Why? Because people have said it over you. Because you've grabbed hold of it. Because you believe it. It's not true. And these first four four verses here in Romans chapter 8 starts to deal with how we see ourselves and how we are to walk in Christ. Do you remember number one? The first thing that we've got to do. We've got to hear God's promise. Do you remember what that promise is here in the scripture? We just read it. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you've been coming the last two or three weeks, you have heard this over and over and over about no condemnation, no guilt. The Lord, if you have asked for forgiveness and been set free of your sin, he is not after you because of that sin anymore. We saw last week, he has removed it as far as the east is from the west. Amen? All right. No condemnation. What an incredible promise. And you remember, if the Lord does not condemn us, why should we condemn ourselves? Why should we keep beating ourselves up for things that's happened in the past? When we really hear God's promise about condemnation, we start to see ourselves in a new way. Now, that's number one. Dealing with I'm no good. Number two, we have got to see God's process. I am such a process-minded person. And if I can't see the process, I can't hardly get into it. I've got to know that because of what I'm doing in A will result in B. And the Lord lays that out. He says, if, you know God, I've said this over and over, God is an if, then. He says to us with this kind of finite mind that says, if you've got to see the result, then okay, here it is. If you do this, then this is what's going to happen. But if you do the other, this is what's going to happen. God has a process, and he leads you in that process. And he also tells you, if you go his way, this is what you get. If you don't, this is what you get. Amen? Is that how God's word works? I feel like it's pretty clear. We see God's process. How did God do this? How did God work this no condemnation thing? Romans chapter 6 and chapter 7 and chapter 8, he's just repeating this three-step process again over and over and over. And what's that process? It's you can't, God can, and here's how. Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7, then we start seeing here in Romans chapter 8, the Lord is trying to say, you can't do it on your own. God can through you, and here's how. He doesn't just say, I can do all these things. He shows you how he'll do it. Isn't that good instructions? Rather than a boss telling you, I want you to do this, but doesn't tell you how to do it, and then yells at you for your process because you didn't do it his way, even though he didn't show you how to do it? I don't like that. If that's the way you want me to do it, why didn't you tell me that? But the Lord says, here's the process. There is a process. You know there's a process into the presence of God. He has a way into his kingdom. God ha- God's a process in God. I, it kind of makes me feel okay about my quirkiness because God is a process God. He has a kingdom. He has authority. He has order. But for those of you that are free spirits, he's a free spirit too. You're not the weird one. I'm not the weird one. We're all the weird one. We all got our quirks. And we all have, we're all made in God's image. So you didn't, have you ever seen the movie Twins? 
where they took all the good characteristics of one and all the bad in the other. And, you know, this one's, this one's, uh, I'm not even going to say, you can look and see the difference, but also in their mind, this one got all the junk, this one got all the great stuff. Well, that's not how God works at all. We were made in his image. And what you've got's the great stuff. And what I've got's the great stuff. And you know what? For us to function as a nation, for us to function as a family, for us to function as a church, one falls short. We can't do it with one. It takes us all. It takes the whole mix to get the full kingdom of God. Amen? It takes us all, all our quirkiness. God made that quirkiness for, for a reason, for Him, to accomplish His goal, His will. That's a good word for somebody. You're quirky. It's for God. I'm quirky. I know I am. My wife tells me I'm quirky. You can't. God can. Here's how. You can't. That's the exact opposite of what the world will tell you. You can do it. Just do it. Put on your Nikes and do it. Good luck with that. How many of you know that Michael Jordan, it's not in the shoes? You remember that commercial? It's not the shoes. It's who God created. You can. You can do anything. Anything you want to do, but God's honest. You know what God says? You can't. (laughs) That's politically incorrect. You can't do it. There's a lot of things you can't do, but God can, and here's how. That's what he's trying to talk about in these verses. He's going to talk to us about two different kinds of laws and how they work in our lives. How does God do this? How does God work out this thing of no condemnation for those who are in Christ? It's all about being free of one law and coming under another. It's about one law that set me free from the other law. There was a law that I was under and now I'm under a new law. The old law was the law of sin and death. We just saw that in Scripture. And this law of sin and death reigned in our lives. We did the wrong thing, and you know what we reaped? We reaped because of it. We reaped, what we reaped out of that was death. That's the rule that the world works on. But God brought a new law that overwhelmed, that overcame this old law. And that's the law of the Spirit of life. He tells us clearly, it says, For the law was powerless to do some things, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature. But in Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of the Spirit of death. The law of sin is still in the background. It's not gone, but it has been overwhelmed by a new law. There's still an old law in this world, and it's the law of sin and death. But it's been overwhelmed. But did you know that it's true that a new law can overcome an old law? Can I show you? I'll use this cough drop. I don't know that you can see it. But there's the law of gravity, right? Everybody knows the law of gravity, right? I take this thing, I drop it, and it's going to drop. Amen? But through Christ, this law of gravity can be overcome if I can do this. And I can stop the law of gravity from taking this onto the ground and I can lift it up. It's just how the law, how Christ comes in and catches us from the law of sin and death 
and rises us above. We are no longer under that. We are now in the hands of Christ. But the law of sin and death is still here. It's still in the world. It's not gone. Are y'all with me? With my hand, with this law of life that God has given me, I can work against the law of gravity and the pen. And, and the, 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 uh, I was going to do a pen, but the cough drop I can lift up over my head. Do you know that it's the law of the spirit of life? It's the law of life that the Lord has given me to even be able to stand here and catch this, catch this cough drop. It's a little bit of a play on words. It's a little double meaning there. But that's what God said. He's brought life into this world. We were falling. This is us. We were falling. We were in a free fall spiritually. And he not only caught us, but he lifts us up. That's called the law of the spirit of life. And that's a, that's a new law working in our life. And, and, life. And, and the exciting thing about the Spirit, the word Spirit, he says the law of the Spirit. Most Bibles will capitalize that word S, the S in Spirit, because he's talking about the Holy Spirit. This is an important change in the, book of, in the book of Romans. This is the second time the Holy Spirit's been talked about in the book of Romans. And you know what? Up until this point in this book, the Holy Spirit's kind of been kept under wraps. Romans 7 is all about what I can do. It's all about how I was trying to make it in my own life on my own. But Romans 8 is all about how the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit can change our life. Romans 8 is about what happens when the Holy Spirit walks in the room. How everything changes. Everything changes the moment the Holy Spirit walks in the room. And the moment the Holy Spirit walks into my life. And you know from here on out, the Holy Spirit is talked about 19 separate times. In this one chapter. It's filled with how the Holy Spirit can make something new. Something different in our lives. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Here we are at Halloween talking about nasty stuff. No, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's on his way here tonight. He's on his way here tomorrow night. Not the spirit of death. What, what I pray for, now don't take this wrong, but I, I pray that the spirit of death walks, walks in here. And catch this, I'm not, I'm not praying for demons to come. I'm praying for the world to come and the Holy Spirit to replace it. I'm praying that these, that these objects, these creations of God that are spinning out of control going to hell will be caught in the hand of God and lift it up. That's my prayer. My prayer is not to put on a big event. Well, let me rephrase that. My prayer is to put on a big event for the Lord tonight and tomorrow. It's going to be fun. We're inviting the world. We're trying to get the world in here. And then we desire, or I desire, that the Spirit come and change these kids' lives. Somebody say amen to that. How does God do it? How does God replace one law with the other? I'm going to give you five things. It's all going to kind of be tied into one verse. How did God replace the law of death and put into it the law of life? This is straight from uh, verse 2. Verse 3. 
How did God do this? By sending his son. He sent Jesus Christ. But what else did he do in sending his son? He sent him in the likeness of sinful man. It's not that the Lord, that the Father sent Jesus into the world. It's that he sent him as a man just like us. He came with a body just like this, like us. He was born into the world just like us. It was the incarnation of God and man at the same time. He didn't send an ambassador. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a messenger. He didn't send a four-headed beast. He sent a man, one of us. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? To be a sin offering. He came in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And you know, in the Old Testament, they knew what a sin offering was all about. Because an offering was brought to God and given to God and would say, I am sorry for my sin and I want to in some way pay the penalty for that sin. The sin offering cost the individual something, right? It cost them an animal. It cost them a... Um, uh, a lamb or a bird or whatever they had. The Lord made a provision for whatever they had they could, they could offer. <clears throat> but it was a way of saying, Lord, here, blood is being shed. This is your way before the new covenant had come for me to pay for my sin. Right? But he sent his son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. And I kind of believe Brother Jimmy Arms read this to us. It says this. God, Mr. Blake, this thing, I'm having a little bit of trouble here. Uh, let's try right there. God made him who had no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is such a powerful scripture. Don't, do not let this slide quickly by. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus did something for us that no one else could do. It's the simple story of what he came to do. But it's so key to understand that what he did on the cross changed everything. The son came just like us to be a sin offering. But what does that accomplish? It says that he condemned sin in sinful man. You remember I even re repeated that as I read. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. <clears throat> he condemned sin in sinful man. Why is there no condemnation for us? Because sin has been condemned in us. It's not allowed. It's been driven out. That's what has been condemned. For something to be condemned, if you condemn a building, it means that it's useless. It's worthless. You can't go in there anymore. 
It's ready for destruction. God doesn't condemn us. It didn't say he condemned us. He condemned sin in us. I'm hoping the light bulb's going to go off. <clears throat> he has not condemned he has condemned sin not just in the world but personally in us. Jesus Christ came personally for us as a man. That's the simple truth of the gospel. That's why Jesus died on the cross. And it's a truth that we cannot miss. And what's the result? What's the result in the fact that he condemned sin in us? Why did he condemn sin in us? He's removing one to replace it with another. He condemned sin so that he can replace it with the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ can't be housed in a house full of sin. Sin had to be condemned in us. We're not condemned. Sin's condemned. <clears throat> he fulfilled the righteous law in us. All the requirements of the law were fulfilled in us because Jesus died for us. He did not only pay for our sin. He did not only take the penalty for us. But he took all of his goodness. He took all of his righteousness. And you know what he did with it? He put it on us. He robed us. You know how the son had been in sin and he ran off and the daddy's waiting for him and just, just wanting to get it out of him. Daddy, I've messed up. I'll just even be your slave. I'll just be your worker. Your worker's better off than, than I've been. And the dad wouldn't even let him finish talking. And what did he do? He robed him. And the Lord Jesus, when he died on the cross, took everything that we had deserved. The son deserved penalty. The son in the pig pen deserved penalty. But the daddy took everything that he had and gave it to the son. The son came back with the right heart, in the right way, in God's way, back to the father. And you know what he did? He came repenting. And what did the father do? Enough. You've said enough. Enough. We don't even have to talk about it. Brothers want to talk about it, but I'll deal with him too. Brother wants to talk about how good he's been and how bad you've been. That's all right. I'll take care of that. You have a child that does that? All, all kids do it. Didn't you see what they did? News report. Breaking news. This one didn't make their bed, and I did. They didn't, but I did. They didn't. What are you going to do? Not your problem. Go clean your room. <laughs> what did the father do? Enough. You're my son. What did Jesus do? When you receive Jesus Christ, when you come to him as a Christian and you're a sinner and you've messed up and you've fallen down and you come to him, you know what he does? Enough. Here's my righteousness. Here's my blessing. Here's my love. Come to me. He has, he has taken care of that thing that's trying to beat you up inside. That thing that's telling you you're no good. And he says, whoa, 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 whoa. You forgot. You're mine. 
And we, lo- we, saw, uh, we saw last week that he has given every heavenly blessing. Every heavenly blessing is for you, for those who are in Christ. And Father God's just saying, wait a minute, you forgot who you are. Let me help you. Here's my robe of righteousness. What I deserved, I give you. The heart that you could never be right with, I make it right. Not based on anything that you can ever perform. You can't perform good enough to, make, to reach this level. You can't reach this level. Quit trying to reach this level. You're always going to fail. But come to me. I will robe you with my righteousness. I will robe you with my blessing, with my provision, with what I have. What a deal. What a deal. You see things on TV and you think, what's the catch? There's no catch. You come to the Lord with your whole heart. Church, hear me. With your whole heart. You play a game, it's not there. But you come with your whole heart broken. You know, the Lord doesn't, the Lord loves the offering, but you know what he's looking for? He, he's looking for a broken heart. He's looking for a tender heart. It says, a broken and contrite heart. How many of you got one of those? We've got them. We've got everything we need to receive the blessing of the Lord. It just takes a hurting heart and a willing heart to say, I need you. What a, what a deal. What a deal. You're battling with this inner torment of who you are. I want you to know that battle that you have is not from God. God would say, you are the righteousness of Christ. You may have fallen down, but let me restore you again. Let me restore you again. This week, as you're trying to battle with this inner torment of condemnation, I want to encourage you. Right down beside your bed in your bathroom, where you go, what God says, it says that he doesn't punish us for our sin. He does bring correction, but it says that we do not have to pay the punishment for our sin, that Jesus took that. Do you remember what else we've learned about no condemnation? That God loves you. You need to wake up every morning when you start to deal with who you are and your self-confidence. You need to hear this word, God loves you. And God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? You know what that means? Who cares who's against you? How does, how does anyone against me measure up who's for me? And you get up and you, you'll go to work in a different way. How do you walk a life of no condemnation? You've got to start by pouring it into yourself. And you know what? When you're pouring that into yourself and you get up and you still want to say the words, I'm no good. I'm stupid. I've just blown it. Man, what a, I, you know a word I say sometimes about myself and it's not good. What an idiot. How could I have done that? Let me encourage you. When that word wants to come out, you need to replace it with what God says. And I want to encourage you, this does not come naturally. 
You've got to train yourself to say, you know what? I have the mind of Christ. And you want to say, Pastor, that's going to come off prideful. That's going to come off like I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm positioning myself in an exalting way. No, 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 no. This is what the Word of God says about you. What does it say? I am the righteousness of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. If you are turning to the Lord and you are walking after him, even after you've just fallen down, do you know what you can say? I am the head and not the tail. It says, if I will hear his voice and obey, now we can claim his promises. Am I in Christ? I'm in Christ. I can say this. I want to say I'm stupid. But I'm going to replace that with, I'm not stupid. I've been made in God's image. And I'm going to accomplish something great today because the same spirit that's in me is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what's walking with me. What's walking with you? Potty mouth or the Spirit of God? What's walking with you? What's walking with you? And then I want to encourage you. Read Romans 8 again. First four verses this week. And let's do some battle of condemning. Sin's been condemned. Sin's been broken in your life. It's time to walk according to that. Amen. Will y'all pray with me? Let's just go ahead and stand up. We're almost done here. It's time for somebody to get free. And let me tell you, this condemnation thing is a hot topic. It has been, a, there has been a lot of talk within our church about people that are battling with this. Well, I just pray right now. Let's just pray right now together. Lord, your word says no condemnation. And Lord, from a worldly standpoint, Lord, sometimes even as a Christian, that's hard to believe. Lord, sometimes it's hard for us to grab hold of this promise. Because sometimes it's so hard for us to believe that even though you don't condemn us, we find ourselves condemning ourselves. And Lord, we all do it. Lord Jesus, would you help us to hear your promise? to hear your word that the condemnation is not coming from you and it also means it's not supposed to come from us. Lord, would you help us to see in a new way the way that you have sent your son for us. That Jesus Christ was sacrificed on the cross to pay for our sin to pay our punishment, but also so that we would be robed in his blessing. Robed in his righteousness. Lord, I ask you to see us as, as your child this week. Lord, it's hard to say we're not worthy, but we are worthy in you. Not because we've never sinned, but because you never sinned. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we don't know how to thank you enough for not condemning us. Just pray right now by the Spirit of God that all condemnation be broken. 
the power of sin be condemned in your life. That it be removed from your life. We receive this morning your word. We receive this morning with a broken heart saying, Lord, I can't do it anymore. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Father. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us that we would be filled of the spirit of life, that condemnation be condemned in our life, and that we be refilled, that we be filled where the void is left from that sin, it be filled with your spirit. That's your word. Fill us this morning. You may be here this morning and you may say, Pastor, I need to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If you haven't noticed this morning that the Word shows us, it doesn't matter what you've done. When you come to the Lord His way, He receives you. He restores you. He puts your feet on solid ground and gives you a fresh start. start. Would you do that today? Are you battling in your life? Are you battling sin in your life? Are you saved but you're battling sin in your life? I want to encourage you. Step out this morning and let us pray with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. And don't allow Satan to sit there and tell you not to go up because of what people will think. If God is for you, who cares who's against you? Get free this morning, church. Do you need prayer over your health? Do you need prayer over your job? Do you just need prayer? Just going to open this altar wide open. Step out. Those that are ministering, come on down here with me. Step out and let's let the power of Christ move in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.